baby, we made it. We made it even though we had our backs up against the wall. That's what today is all about. Hope you're doing well. Today, we talk about stuff going on in the tech scene. Afghanistan again. We have to to do a bit of a (laughs) walk back on that one. And secondly, we also talk about just the right blowing up Twitter this week. It was a spicy week. Yeah. Lots to get into. And, you know, it all starts now. Innovation is in our veins. Soon the whole world will know our names. Sharing our knowledge and freedom reign. We here for the people, you know it's our way. Setting foundations is part of the dream. It doesn't matter if you're new to the game. Listen up now, cause we all gonna say, Ugh. Elevate, 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 higher. Elevate, 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 higher. We gonna rise up. We all gonna shine. Work through adversity. Stay on the grind. Elevate, elevate. This is our time. Elevate, elevate. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast, everyone. It's so great to have you all on one more time. It's your boy, Josh. Dalton. And we're grateful to be back on with you yet again. You got an uncanny way of starting the show by just singing a song. Dude. That's an impressive skill. Dude, I, that's, I don't know if that's a skill, but it I appreciate is, to it. To just look at the camera and do that? They go to, that's cool. You're good at that. <laughs> Thanks, man. This is what, These are the friends you need to surround yourself with. People that hype you up. <laughs> that was good. That's good. Let's hope we don't get copyrighted on it. Yeah. So, oh, true. <laughs> YouTube strike. Yeah. Done. When Philip and I did the episode and I had to look in the camera and just start talking or the silence, I was like, it's weird. (laughs) Oh, we love to see it. No, I appreciate it, man. Uh, But yeah, uh, shout out Jake Thorburn. Uh, Shout out Jake. I I, I promised a a shout out to him once upon a time and forgot. Uh, Here we are. Gotta give a shout out to Jake. (laughs) He's been killing it on TikTok. Yeah, man. man. Got his 600,000 plays and (laughs) that's sick. Good for him. I know. It's like what I texted you was, that's just enough to get you addicted to the game. True, <laughs> true. If your first video pops out to 600,000, it's like, oh, you're, you're in for life at this point. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, I promise. There it is. I'm going to leave it at that. Who's Jake? Figure it out. Um, but uh, he's a great listener to the show. We'll put that in like that. Yeah, we'll give that to him. Uh, but yeah, lots of stuff to get into. I do really want to address this Afghanistan stuff. Okay, let's do it. So off the top. We talk about this on the show quite frequently. We'll admit when we're wrong. And this is one of those moments, I'll admit. I won't. I was just <laughs> I was twenty five percent wrong on this one. I love it. Uh I still very much I feel it ridiculous that we are bargaining with the Taliban as a Canadian government. Yes. Uh, I think that's really weird. Yeah. Uh however, when you look at it on a macro scale, I get that you might not be given any type of option. Yeah. It's the best of the worst. Let's think about it here. Wait, we America was in Afghanistan for 20 years. Wow. And uh, they essentially were running the country. And the obviously Biden pulled out in the worst way he possibly could have. <laughs> and let, you know, the Taliban took over within, within a day. And it was all, at least took over Kabul uh, within a day. And yeah. that's that. So it's the kind of what we were talking about last week. It's like, yeah, we could go back in. Then you have to stay in Afghanistan to make sure Taliban doesn't take over. But we don't want to be using soldiers over there. Yeah. That's a waste of time and energy. And lives. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, or you can just let the Taliban run things. The issue um, of like just letting, letting things be is there's people in Afghanistan who don't want this. Yeah. And you want to try and do what's right by them, but allowing them to get out if they want to get out. And I from what I understood from all these meetings that the Canadian government was having with the, the Taliban is they were trying to do that. 
Right. So I get it to a degree. 13 meetings since Kabul fell, though. Odd. Um, but, yeah. Good stuff. I agree. Yeah. What can you do? It's like, I guess technically they're the government. Yeah. But. I'm curious what the meetings are actually about. I'm curious what they actually touch on. Yeah. But, you know, for the first time in my life, actually not for the first time in my life, for the first time in the past two years, I'll give the Trudeau government the benefit of the doubt. And saying they, they're all in good faith trying to talk to the Taliban. Absolutely. But then again, th- I guess then to flip it, uh, admittedly, on the liberal government, we really have no business bringing anyone else into Canada mm. while there's Canadians homeless and starving. So it's a little uh, like white savior. <laughs> like I got to go fix it. Um, and it's just like, Oh, there's people here that need your help. Right. So it's a little odd. Just a little odd. Well, it is interesting, too, because we, you know, on our last TikTok, uh, we talked about the Chinese police. Yeah. And someone brought up, like, well, U.S. has bases all over, the, all over the world. What's the difference? And I'm like, well, the difference is the U.S. has established themselves as the world police. And countries have come to an agreement with the states that they would have them as bases, essentially, as their protection. Yeah. Um, the countries have agreed to it and want them there. This is very different where they kind of, the Chinese told the government they're going to be here just under a different type of reasoning. They told the government. Yeah. That's the key word. Yeah. <laughs> they did tell the government and they, this is what I, they didn't ask. Yeah. <laughs> True. Uh, and they kind of were doing, they're monitoring these Chinese Canadian citizens. Yeah. Um, and this is the thing that I thought was interesting. We, I can't, this things you pick up on when you're making the TikToks. Yeah. Is I, I realized that you and I were talking past each other on this issue. Okay. Um, I was talking from a perspective of that the Canadian government knew that the Chinese were coming over and establishing police stations. You were talking from a perspective of they didn't know and they just kind of happened without them realizing. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah. So I, I realized we do, didn't fully register that last week. Got it. So from what I was actually reading, from even like some of the, the I saw some of the video clips from these, um, the Senate in right. Canada. Yeah. And it's come out like the Canadian government knew that they're here and knew what they're doing. I think I hate that more. Isn't that crazy? I think I hate that more. That's bonkers. Because if they just popped up randomly, I was like, well, they couldn't have known. Yeah. But they knew. Mm-hmm. So I think I don't even, I think I like that less. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrifying. It just shows you like the people that are in, are in power just legitimately don't care about us and don't care about protecting their systems. sovereign. What is it? Sovereignty? Yeah. Is that, is that the I think it's a fair term? Yeah. I think it's a fair yeah. term. Yeah. I don't care. Sell us off, boys. <laughs> like. Gee whiz. <laughs> anyway, so I just want Sorry to Afghanistan. Yeah. You were wrong. Yeah. Sorry to Afghanistan. I don't know why you're apologizing to Afghanistan, but. Well, I mean, we were kind of coming at them. Like, as a, as a country and as a government, when really it's like. No, we we're coming at the Taliban. Okay, that's. But didn't we just say that's like the government now? Technically. Right. I don't know. I don't know what uh, any of this means. No, oh, whatever, man. I don't think anyone in Afghanistan is like, you attack the Taliban? Unless they're all for the Taliban would be offended by this. Anyways, I don't care if you're offended. Is straight up what I'm saying. And we'll move on. Um, Go off, King. Dude, that's some real world stuff. I I'm, not a, I, I'm not playing that game right now. <laughs> so dumb. Um, let's throw this clip on. Uh, for those who, are, who have the ability or had the um, were able or currently owning a home or owning any type of multiple properties. Yeah. 
This video is for you. In 16 years, your daughter will not be able to buy a house. It will not be affordable for her to buy a house unless you help her. I would argue that it is a better business decision. It is a better financial decision for you to buy a house for her. It's an investment property. It's a rental property. All of the money that comes from that goes into an account. And that is her college, number one. And number two, that house is being paid for by somebody else. So then when she is 22 years old, graduated from college, you can say, here's sweetheart, here's the home that you will never ever have been able to afford if I had not bought it for you 16 years ago. And I'm telling you right now, that is the best financial decision. Rather than going to 529, whatever that thing is, college fund, that is oh, complete yeah. and total bull. I agree with that. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, going ahead and buying a house as an investment, that is the best thing that you can do for your children. And Josh. I'm not selling anything I own because no, I wish I'd kept everything yeah. I ever bought. I wish I kept everything I ever bought. Truth. Yeah. No, like, yeah. No one's lost on real estate over 30 years. No. <laughs> And I've had a lot of conversations with people who have had this exact same, said the same same thing, where they regret selling. Uh, they regret, you know, when they did, you know, especially where things are at now and where things are going. You know, like like affording a house to a regular person is really like so out of reach. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And like she said, it's like for your kid in twenty two years type of thing, and. Yeah, I guess it's the truth, especially right now where if you live in Halifax, you might still be able to scoop up a home for, you know, 400, 500 grand. Mm -hmm. Like Halifax proper. Yeah. Not in 22 years. No, definitely not. Not in 22 years. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's a great idea. And I think it's like, especially I'm kind of opposed to college anyway. Like, I mean, I'm a huge proponent of university and college anyway. So I'm like, yeah, buy the real estate. Like, just do that. And just screw even giving it to her for college give it to her buy another property like mm. i think it's a great business decision yeah yeah i think i i love the idea and love the strategy behind it you know instead of yeah investing money into a college fund invest into some real estate that you can then you know gain something from it and then give it to them after it's all said and done they can have it for themselves like for example my grandparents did they started a college fund for me and at the time it was a long time ago as well so um, the government at that time was like matching whatever you put into a college fund, which was super rare. That's like crazy. They matched what they put in. So it's like in that respect, I get why they did took advantage of that. Right. Cause it was like such a rapid way to like, you know, accumulate it from not very much, but that's not happening anymore. Like that's not. Not, I don't, I don't think that's <laughs> happening. I don't think there's RESP matching anymore, <laughs> you know? So yeah. Can you imagine if there was? Yeah. Oh it's crazy. Gosh. Yeah. And it's like, the whole RESP thing too is so like you have to make sure you have a really good advisor. Like when you get, get older, I'm, I think I remember telling you this when we worked together, it's like I didn't use it all cause I just went to community college. And so there was money left over and I wanted to just invest in myself. So I took it out cause my stock, like the person who managed it said you can convert it to an RRSP or you can take it out and you can invest it however you want. And I wanted to put it into my TFSA. So that way, like there was a strategy behind it. But I didn't know I was taxed by taking it out of the RESP. How much did they tax you on it? That was like six grand. Oh, I own tax. That hurts. For taking like eighteen, so I like <laughs> I, I like lost almost half. Yikes! <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. That sucks. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. I was like, I've never seen a tax bill that big. That's a big boy. <laughs> when I was at the ripe age of nineteen, seriously, I was that, like, that, 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 this is what being an adult is. That's like, life changing, man. Absolutely <laughs> life changing.
Dude, that's that's annoying. Yeah. Uh, what can you do? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing is I'm a huge fan of the, this idea. I think it's something yeah. I'm going to adopt myself, especially yeah. as um, Kelsey and I started going down that path of possibly the whole kids thing. And, yeah. you know, I think it's a smart, smart investment. Totally. So Good stuff. And Glenda Baker's like great. Have yeah. you watched her account? Yeah. She's really, she's fun to watch. Yeah, she's yeah. good. She's she, She's got, she's got some sass and she's straight to the point. Love to see it. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's educated. She's educated. <laughs> she's she's very knowledgeable, definitely. But um, so fifty four million dollars, y'all. Oh my gosh, can you believe that? That is crazy. Fifty four million dollars was spent on the Rivecan app, an app uh, for you to check in and to upload to your, your documents. Country. Yeah, <laughs> to your home country, <laughs> where your citizenship lies. Yeah, and um, and there was a hackathon. And for those who don't know what a hackathon is, it's just kind of when a bunch of tech geeks developers get together and seeing what they can build within build. 24 hours. Essentially, it's, yeah. it's a fun th- it's a fun time. Yeah. Uh, and so they did one of these uh, in Toronto. And they did one to see if they could rebuild the ArriveCan app. And they did so within 48 hours. 40, so two days. They, <laughs> they built a clone, like one-to-one clone yeah. of a $54 million app. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that hourly works out to. How much does that work out per developer? I mean, it's literally more than a million dollars an hour because, yeah, like what? That's uh, it's a twenty-seven million dollars an hour. Or sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm thinking <laughs> twenty-seven million dollars a day. Yeah, twenty-seven million dollars a day. Yeah, nice. So like what? One point, whatever million. I'm Gee. a mathematician. Toronto Tech Company has cloned Derive Cannon in under 40 hour, forty-eight hours to show the government overpaid millions. Sheetal Jaitley, chief executive officer of Toronto-based Tribal Scale, said it would have cost this company less than a million dollars to build the app, a fragment of the millions poured into the digital software. How could the government spend this amount of money on it, Jaitley said, while speaking to John Moore on News Talk 1010. Tuesday morning, ArriveCan was established by the federal government to speed up the immigration process. Speed up? <laughs> Slow it down! <laughs> Okay. What? Anyways, at Canadian International Airports during the start of COVID-19 pandemic era on October 1st, the app became optional as the government lifted the mask mandate and health kit check requirements for travelers. I hate that. What a lie. <laughs> Speed up immigration <laughs> processes. Did you see the lines at airports the yeah. last two years? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, man. I think it really sped things up. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. It was a breeze going through Canadian airports the last two years. <laughs> Oh, shoot. But, like, you know, I, I personally loved this story because, obviously, it speaks to kind of our backgrounds. background. Um, you know, I've been a, to a few hackathons myself. They're fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was a brilliant idea to try and clone the Arav Can app. Uh, and I think some things to kind of explain to people who aren't in tech, you know, cloning, it, it's actually easier than building from scratch because um, then you have, like, you have pretty much – you. Not all the code, but the basis of the codes there. You can kind of, you know, figure out how everything was built and see if you can just do it better. Um, and you're just kind of going one-to-one. So it's like trying to copy it up a picture, essentially. So your yeah. picture's there, and you're just kind of trying your best to trace it out. Still takes a lot, still, still takes effort, um, but it's a little bit easier. And admittedly, in this case, they may have only had the design given to them. Like, I yeah. don't know if the government released the code. No. Yeah, exactly. That's true. So yeah. it might have even been harder, and they still did it in 48 hours. I was just thinking, like, there may have been some type of inspector tool or that they may have. Right, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To just maybe get a peek into yeah, it. Yeah, just yeah, like an idea of how it was structured. Truth. Um, yeah. But either way, like, 48 hours to clone it. So say if they had to build it from scratch, was it four days? 
Right. Like, would it have been a month even? Yeah. Who cares? I said it would only take a million dollars to build it. Yep. A million dollars. It's like, it could have saved us $53 million. Seriously. And so I was reading some things. Um, and, uh, and the, the one thing they want to clarify was that 54 didn't all go towards the app. It also went towards like, you know, contact tracing and things like that. So there's things around it still. It's a ridiculous price tag. Yeah. Because I mean, if you were to look at it line by line for, I guess where that $54 million went, I'm sure it was more than 1 million just to the arrive can app. Yeah. Like, what else could you spend the $54 million on? Or 53 Yeah. Uh, like, exactly, right? Um, it, In a time where, like, Canadians are broke. Mm-hmm. And we're giving money to the Ukraine. We're broke. We're spending $54 million on right. an app. Yeah. And they built other apps. They built uh, yeah, the contact tracing app. Yep. The one that, like, would just alert you if you got in connection with anyone else's phone. Mm-hmm. After they reported positive. Yeah. And I actually just, there's another story today on top of that that came oh, out. Off uh, the press. That, yeah. That was like sent to me <laughs> today. Um, $222 million was dropped um, to, what is it? Uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said the federal government would con- contribute as much as $222 million towards Rio Tinto's limited plans to increase production of critical minerals and reduce carbon emissions at the global mining giant's iron and titanium oxide facility in Quebec. This guy's just throwing money everywhere. So I, I, I wonder, are the presidents of the organizations that he's giving money to, are they his friends? Like, did he know the guy or gal who owned the company that was contracted for $54 million to build an app. Like, did he know them? Were they a close Trudeau ally? You know, like, I'm sure there's some they type friends of with the Castros or something like, what? <laughs> like wh- what's the connection? <laughs> See, that's what people talk about. Conspiracy theories right there. <laughs> Dog, uh, they, really? They think that's conspiracy theory, but his father and Castro. Well, that's a hundred percent conspiracy theory. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean like, it's literally like, the definite like it's the definition of conspiracy. We don't have any proof of it. Oh, it's just it's, a, it's just the actual. Oh, definition. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not saying like it. I don't think it was like a world-renowned theory. Oh no! Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah no. no. Um, but <laughs> whatever. It's still funny though. <laughs> yeah. Um, so exactly, that's the issue, right? Fifty-four million dollars to one app. You, the way I see it, personally, is this is kind of money laundering at its h- highest form. In, in the, its most prime form in front of all of us, and we're not saying nothing about it. Right. Like, that's what I personally, I'm not saying it's fact, that's kind of how I'm seeing it. Where it's like, where's this money going to, aside from like, you're overpaying on everything. And like, how many more government jobs has this happened? Where the job, you know, is, the government's paying out 20X how much it should have cost in the first place. Right, like, would that have, would $54 million have been the salary to just hire the devs to do it in-house? Oh, you bring up a good question, actually. It really, for a product like that, like if I remember, I only went through the Arrive Canon app a little bit. It's literally, like it's got one functionality. You just, it's like a... You upload well, files. So here's here's the American version, which isn't really Arrive Can. It's just called their, it's mobile passport control, which is just, you can pre-fill out the customs. Line. It has nothing to do with COVID. Mm-hmm. But you literally just like click, and then you like just pick things and like add yourself onto it. And right. like... 
It's got one functionality. Yeah, right? it's just to collect your information. You add your passport, add all those yeah. details. Yeah. There's like a passport scan function that never really worked. Yeah, yeah, I had to input in everything. Yeah, that's truth. You had to, it would scan your passport and it would just like not collect the information. And you had to type it all in anyway. And they paid money for that. I was like, what? We could scan your Nexus card and not get it right. Yeah. So then you add yourself in as a traveler and then you can f- use your like traveler identity in the app when you're arriving to Canada to upload your vaccine information, to upload your, um, I guess it would just be vaccine information and like a COVID, last time you had a COVID test, last time you had COVID symptoms, things like that. So just like, it's a form with an upload field and check boxes. That's all it is. It's just housing information. It's just housing documents. And then it uploads it to a server or yeah. something. Like I would so there's nothing just, crazy about it. I know for myself, as if I if they contracted my design firm to do that job, I I would have charged ten grand, twelve grand for the design. Right. And then from there, usually development should cost about ten x or whatever the design is. And so, like, let's just say, like, because I mean, you know, like devs aren't aren't one hundred fifty grand. Yeah, devs aren't paid a ton, right? Like in Canada. Like, entry-level devs are not paid like entry-level devs in America. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah, the average dev, if we're talking from Toronto or Vancouver, you're probably entry-level is 60 or 70. I was going to say 75 yeah. grand. Yeah, that's yeah. I, that's a very fair statement, yeah. So, like, even if you needed 75 grand for the year and you needed... 10. Let's say you needed 20 people. It's 1.5 million. <laughs> for a year. Dog. And we know that... $54 million divided by 70... Let's pay them 90 grand a year. Sounds good. You could have hired 600 devs. You could start a company. <gasps> Yikes. And the thing is, the Arrive Canada app essentially just worked as the declaration form that we used to have <laughs> the on airplanes. <laughs> yeah, except it just asked your COVID information too and would randomly select you for a COVID test. Right. They would racially select you for a COVID <laughs> test. <laughs> That's the truth, yeah. So here we hey, are. So that's what the government's spending your money on. Yeah. And I've seen like people. And was it outsourced out of Canada? Because that would sting even more. I have more. no idea. No that idea. would sting way more. That would hurt. <laughs> if Canadian money went to America or. Dude, straight up offshore it to China. <laughs> Listen, he admires their leadership too. And that's not a conspiracy theory. <laughs> that's the bottom line. Because <laughs> Stone Cold said so. Uh, so. We'll see where this goes. I've seen people who are, who, of course, uh, I was having this conversation with someone today. Oh, boy. About the issues of, like, people's just not, people, the bait, Justin Trudeau's base, how they'll defend him every step of the way, oh no God. matter what this guy does. He could have spent $500 million and they would have said, well, it would have cost the conservative party $700,000. Yeah. He got a discount. Yeah. <laughs> he knows people who got him a discount. And I was like, yeah, sorry to break it to you, but the people that you hate, this is exactly the guy you're supporting. He just is giving away money to big business. That's what yeah. he is. That's he's bought off. That's, that's who he is. Yeah. Um, and $54 million. There's people who are just like, well, you know, they had to hire a design team and they had to like, you know, figure out how to build out the app. I was like, bro. Dog, I just did the math on my iPhone. Like dude, figure it out for yourself. Seriously. Like, like, come on, man. Don't be that dumb. Please. I know. Like, just don't be. It's that okay. Dumb. to Like, just admit. That they can be wrong, like yeah, it's okay. They're human. Yeah, like golly, he got swindled. Yeah, or it was calculated. Yeah, I, you know, whatever. We'll he, never know. No, of course not. 
but we keep putting heat on them. Maybe we will. Yeah, truth. Or maybe yeah. one day, like, do, do emails ever get declassified? Like, could we ever one day get access or a FOIA pop? Like, you could put in mm. a request to see his emails, right? He's a. I'm curious. If he he's can. a what is a civil servant, like or whatever. Like he he has to give that up. I'm sure, like, ninety five percent of whatever he gives up will be redacted anyways. So, <laughs> <laughs> how can they do that? As a Canadian, you can submit a free freedom of information request, but they can redact whatever they want before they give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, then what's the point? <laughs> We're here for it, man. But uh, yeah, going. Speaking of all this, though. Are we falling apart as a Western civilization? <laughs> yes. This is our end. This is the end of our, of our time here. Yeah. It is all over. Uh, it's been nice being on top of the world as the world power and yeah. dominating things. I think it's so over. We came across a couple of tech talks, one from uh, Kiyosaki, uh, where he talks about kind of where things are going. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, do your best to just, whatever side of the aisle you're on, just do your best just to take your goggles off. He does call it a couple people um in politics and uh just listen to what he's saying it's interesting i love it it's the end of america i've been saying to people silver is still 50 percent is all found high of 50 bucks is 25 bucks but the question is if a can of tuna is 25 bucks what does silver go to and that's what i'm concerned about but it gets worse it just gets worse well this is a guy jordan peterson he's a canadian and he talks about, he says, you think tough men are dangerous. And Trump was a tough man. But he says, watch what weak men will do. And this guy Biden is the worst I have ever seen. Man is senile. And today what's happening is Russia and China are now ganging up on the U.S. It's really a dangerous world right now. It's getting worse. I was a bit optimistic. But now we have the weakest, most corrupt government. You know, what happened to Hunter Biden's laptop? If the FBI loses his laptop, there's something really sick inside this country. And so that's kind of what I gauge all my macroeconomics on is, where is Hunter Biden's laptop? Where is Hunter Okay, he can be hard to take serious yeah. sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, it's Jordan Peterson's quote that he references to mm-hmm. is, a very, I think, a very accurate statement. It's scary. It's- yeah, I, and it's like he says a weak man is scarier. Yeah. And it's becoming like very clear among you know world leaders who gets taken advantage of. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one really seriously takes Biden seriously. No one seriously takes Trudeau seriously. Um, here we are. Yeah, you know it was it was intriguing to me like. You know, as much as he was nuts, you know, that's kind of what helped America was Trump in that way where, you know, it kept, you know, international issues at, at bay. As soon as Trump's gone, everything starts going, hitting yeah. the fan on a world level. And it's like, because now they can. And it's like Biden, it's like he didn't have enough chaos with China and Russia. Mm-hmm. So then he pulled out of Afghanistan. It's like it was like it wasn't enough. He had to do something else on the international level that was just wild. So I think, f- in fairness, so the Afghanistan thing was signed by Trump and brokered by Trump, uh, and just the date fell during Biden's pre- presidency. It's just the way that Biden pulled out in the worst way. He that's possibly what, so that's what I mean. Oh, that's what yeah, okay. that's what I mean. Is mm-hmm. that is not the uh, way that that was supposed to go down? Right. I got you. Because it was like fly by night. One day, like there were people clinging to airplanes. Yeah. That was not the original plan. 
Right. You know, so it's like the way it happened obviously leaves an effect on the world. And it was just so strange. Like, why would you do it that way when tensions are already high with two of the biggest essentially rivals to America Mm -hmm. who have openly said they will support each other against the West? Mm -hmm. Here we are. Yeah. And they can. They can push Biden around, do whatever they want want to him. Like, what are you going to do? Right. Like. Straight and Trump up. would have told them. And listen, I'm not. I'll listen, there wasn't really not much Trump did. I loved, mm-hmm. but Trump would have told them where to go and how to get there about that. Well, I mean, did you hear about the? Uh, I still. I'm actually like 95. percent This this was initially came out and no one really knew if it was like he's just hearsay. Yeah. But then eventually it turned out it was verified that this happened. It was a conversation Trump had with Putin, mm-hmm. and says, he's like, if you even touch Ukraine, I will bomb Moscow. Yeah, straight up, and it's like, is that like a guy with like Trump? Do you want to play that game with him? Like, guys, the guy's off his rocker. And he was speaking. Is his name Al Baghdad? Is that the? I can't remember. It's the leader of some political party in the Middle East. Okay, who obviously Trump was trying to intimidate, mm-hmm. and basically he said, "Well, what are you going to do?" Mm-hmm. And Trump sent him a picture of his house. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That is nuts. <laughs> Presidents don't do that. Right. But there was never an issue. Yeah. There was peace at the world level, at least in the West, and like stuff between Russia and like in the, among the superpowers, there was peace, I should say. It's a whole other issue on the other side of the world. There's all kinds of stuff going on. But yeah. But, Interesting. Na- but as soon as Trump goes, now Putin's like, yeah, I'm going to start establishing soldiers at the border. Yeah. We're gonna cross over. Yeah, Ukraine. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> I want that. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're gonna take it now. Yeah, you know, it's like it's game on. Because I mean, well, like you said, if Trump said, if you so much as touch, mm-hmm. we're palming Moscow. <laughs> that would prevent someone from touching it. Yeah, yeah, that'd do something about it. Yeah. But when you've got Joe Biden, who's like a dementia patient <laughs> on stage, like <laughs> let out of the hospital. Come on, man. It's like, <laughs> what's going on? Mm-hmm. It's so hard to take him seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, did you see him? Wasn't he like going to high five or handshake someone who wasn't even there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what's going on? He's signing things in the law and he doesn't know who's behind him. True. Yeah. The thing is like, you got to realize that the U S is a military power. Yeah. That is essentially that's yeah, they, where w- they are war. They are war, and when Trump was sitting at the top of that, anything he said, he would act on, which is <laughs> yeah. why you know it works. Uh, he worked as a leader in the U.S. because you know he had the power and he would act on it. Biden says things that he doesn't even you know doesn't even understand. Yep, he, I, the White House has to like walk it back every day. <laughs> So, like, you can't have someone who, you know, doesn't really understand what they're doing on a day-to-day basis in control of essentially a nuclear powerhouse that the U.S. could be. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but, but that's, like, the point. I love the point, you, or, yeah, the story you brought up with him, like, trying to shake hands with someone who wasn't there. Or the worst one I think of yet was when he was at um, a Democratic event. Mm-hmm. And he was asking about a Democrat or a Democratic representative who was dead. Oh. He's like, we're, we're so-and-so. And there's like, uh, next next thing. And they kind of just moved him along. And I was like, dude, like, are you kidding me? And like, 
like it's so funny watching like the White House press secretary try to like just hip and hop around all of it. Like, well, you know, you know, they were close, you know, and uh, he wasn't. He knew she was dead. He was just talking about it in the past tense. He's like, no, he didn't, <laughs> you know. And oh, it's a good time. He's like a PR nightmare. Yeah. So that's where things are at on a world global level, and NATO is trying to team up against Russia. Yeah. And China's backing Russia, and NATO keeps poking Putin every chance they get. Yeah, and I'm not a fan of it. Well, because when NATO's, if NATO says it's war, that affects Canada. Yeah, <laughs> especially when I was like, friggin' Ukraine, man. Like they, I'm at the point where I don't trust Zelensky anymore. Mm. He's doing weird crap. Not mm. a fan of it. He friggin', I think he pretty much he asked for weapons from the states. And not just weapons. This guy asked for nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, at that point, if any of the big countries, like the States, give Ukraine nuclear weapons, that that is is, supporting the Ukraine. That is World War III. You officially brought all of us into it. Yeah. And now it's game on. Yeah. And like, I don't know what's going to happen. Did you see him signing his um, entrance into NATO? Do you see it? Dude, Philip, can you... Fact check this. Did he actually? Did we? Did he actually sign his way to NATO? Did you not see the video? No, I didn't see this. <gasps> this happened. Dog. No, th- there was a couple memes about it. It's like three pieces of paper stapled together. They put like a little table down in the middle of the like war zone, and it's just him on the table signing it, and then he holds it up. This one. Oh, he applies for NATO. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. that's a different one. <laughs> oh, you thought? He, oh, well, yeah. He hasn't applied yet. Yeah, sorry. I guess I no, no. He applied here, but he didn't. They didn't accept him. Is more so what I was getting. Oh, at. that's a, that was a different issue. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, did yeah. you see this? Yeah, I did see this. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, freaked me out. Do you think he's going to get accepted? If NATO's smart, they won't. I know, but I think he's gonna. But they they want they want war. Is what I'm gathering. Well, the Rothschilds want war. Mm. They funded both sides of each war for the last 200 years. Dang it. The Rothschilds are like, you can't even calculate their family's wealth. They have funded both sides of every, like, every war. They've owned every central bank in the world. Dude, isn't that crazy? War is a money maker to families like that. Yeah. War makes money. And that's as the economy is going downhill. This right. Is... War, what happens after most wars? Prosperity. Absolutely. Dude, I mean, yeah, we all know this is, you know, especially it's happened almost after every pandemic. There's been a big war that's broken yep. afterwards. So we're it's on like schedule. Clockwork. It's like every generation. It's like clockwork. We, I think, I think we may find some peace by just accepting that it's like programmed into the world or something. Like, because <laughs> it's like it's happened in history. Mm-hmm. It's like you can calculate when things will almost happen. Yeah. So I'm at the point now I'm preparing for the day happens where it's like, all right, we're officially declaring World War Three. Um, draft. Yeah, I have. I'm actually. I found out I'm out of the age bracket for the draft. What is the draft for? Like, what is it? They they start with eighteen to twenty five year olds. Really? Yeah. And then what happens if you don't? I don't know. I don't want to find. Oh, out. I'm not going to war, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Philip, you're going in. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna you're off- going in too. I have asthma. <laughs> I'm just going to offer to document it instead. Be press. Okay, true. Press are, they're needed. Yeah. Funnily, funnily, funny <laughs> that press are needed at war. True. Like, why do you need to record everything? You know what? <laughs> Technically, you're 
were protected too in the War Act as yeah, documentation. Oh yeah, you're you can't be Shot supposedly. Me. I mean, doesn't help with if a bomb falls. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, I think we should just on behalf of the Elevate Podcast, we'll send Philip in. We'll just go with this table. We'll yeah. do. We'll we'll <laughs> pretend we're Zelensky with his little table, and we'll just sit there. We'll be in the middle of a war zone, <laughs> just like this. Oh, that just went overhead. <laughs> yeah, we'll just set like up. Us. We'll set up debates with the other. <laughs> <gasps> we'll set, yeah across. We'll put Putin here and Zelensky there instead of the soccer matches. We'll just have like once a year. We'll do like a little press conference in the middle where we'll have a podcast with the other side. Yeah, yeah. I'm down. That's the truth. Do it. I think that was like the one. How long do you think that war would be? I actually don't know. That one freaks me out. I think, like I haven't even thought about that. Me either. I, I don't even know what my baseline would be to calculate it. The thing is, we're at the point now with nuclear warfare that it could be essentially ending at any single moment, but they want to push nuclear warfare as far back as possible as like yeah, a last receipt. Like, last so let's say, for example, let like if Russia sends a nuke, to America. Is that something that could happen? It could happen. Like, I, I know the... What I mean, like, logistically, not whether, not, like, there's, like, what I mean is, is there the possibility, that, like, mathematically, scientifically, oh, for a nuke to make it to America? Absolutely. From Russia? Yeah. It Can you stop it when it's in the sky? Like... They ha- have defense systems for it. Okay. Supposedly. I mean, they probably do, most. Right. But there is, I think, to a certain point, where there, you need to detect that the nuke has taken off yeah, to the point right. where you can't intercept it. I think it's like they send like a separate rocket that goes up and like hits it at midair. Something so it's like the that. highest away from the. Yeah. Earth. So, but there is, you know, if you detect it too late, then there's not much you can do. It's on route. The package yeah. is getting delivered. <laughs> Dude, <Two day> delivery. <laughs> thing is, nuclear like bombs have Amazon Prime one day shipping. <laughs> yeah, bombs have developed now to the point where they can launch a high, you know, high altitude rocket that pretty much in the atmosphere disperses into a bunch of like cluster nuclear bombs yeah. that just carpet bombs the U.S. Yeah, That's like insane. A big target would be the East Coast. Um, from what I've been reading, mm-hmm. you know, that would be like the first point of attack. Um, however, from what I'm understanding, like they're smart. Apparently it's like going after like rural areas in the States would be like the wisest thing to do for. Cause it sends the message without like the. Not even that. It sends more of the message that you say you just like you sent, you, you bomb some small town, Ohio. Right. Or like fields in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And it's like, it sends the message of we'll hit anywhere. Right, nothing's off limits. Exactly. Right, it's not just the big city. It's more of a psychological thing, right? Interesting. Yeah. And everyone like is saying, you know, if Putin really does get to that point, it's like signing his suicide notes. But they say because yeah. it's like you know what happens next. Like it, it's game on, und- indisputable. What yeah. will happen after that? Mm-hmm. So, do you think it's just like each country just threatens nuclear war and it will never happen because they just know it's game over? Well, I think we're close to it with, I think there'll be like small level nukes will be sent to hit Ukraine Mm. from Russia. I think that will happen. Um, But yeah, from like Russia to hit in the States, that I still think is still a little far off. Yeah. But yeah, this whole trans border mm -hmm. right in between. Yeah. That that will happen. I think relatively. That is scary. Yeah. It's not good. In China, just keep doing Chinese things. So, probably fun, isn't it? Yeah, they probably are. 
We got the money. Helping out the boys. Yeah, they said they support Russia. Yeah. They like that's straight up. <laughs> they've made no bones about who they support in this fight. No, absolutely not. And uh speaking about the West here, this is more other issues. If global international relations isn't enough for you, well, this is what's happening in every country right now in the West. Everyone needs to know what is happening in Europe right now. These are the mind-blowing cues for fuel that the people of France are getting used to by now. Over in Poland, more than 2,000 mayors and local politicians gathered in the capital to protest the energy bills, as the prices in some areas have increased by a staggering 1,000%. In Italy, they protested rising costs by burning their energy bills and even beseeching the town hall in Naples, chanting, we don't pay the bills, now it will be chaos. Similarly, in England, last week demonstrations broke out across the nation, with people vowing to burn their bills as the energy prices went up yet again. And their new Prime Minister, Liz Truss, has just set the record for the worst personal approving rating ever recorded for a Prime Minister at minus 47. There were also widespread protests for similar reasons in Germany, Austria, Romania, Greece, and many more. And just for perspective, inflation on everyday consumer products in the Euro area have just hit a record, moving into double digits for the first time ever. And what's even scarier is is how hard this information was to find. It's likely that if you don't live in one of these countries, you may not have even known that this was going on. What? <laughs> Two things. That is, I mean, out of this world. There's like, they named 10 countries where the people are just plagued with like life-destroying issues. Yeah. <laughs> and like record high inflation, uh, double digits with the euro. That's insane. Yeah. And then you have Liz Truss. What do you think of her? I actually, if I'm being honest, I haven't followed anything about her. I just know people don't like her. So the the constituents have uh, said sixty oh, percent would like a general election. Uh, now that she's in power, they are all, the the constituents are calling for sixty percent of them are calling for a general election. Misogynists in the in their I guess they call it a House of Commons there too. The opposition said, you know, you've claimed to be a an open listener. Will you listen to the people and call a general election? She gets up there with her big book, slumps it down, and goes, now more than ever would be the wrong time to have a general election, and sits back down. <laughs> what a gangster. Yeah, she's like, okay, they can ask for it all they want. <laughs> Do something You're not taking it. away from me this soon. <laughs> It's almost as bad as Kim Campbell. Uh, poor Kim Campbell. Yeah, shout out Kim Campbell, man. She didn't deserve it. That was rough. That was, uh, <laughs> that was sad. They did her dirty. They did her dirty. They really did. But yeah, 10% inflation, energy bills, 10x. Like, <laughs> woo. I love that they were burning the paper bills. And I'm like, dog, you're going to get 15 emails about that. <laughs> <laughs> Go home. <laughs> Shoot. You're going to get 15 emails about that. They caught you. But uh, shoot, so we're gonna kind of rifle through this stuff really quickly here. But sure. uh, uh, new premiere in Alberta. Yeah, this is interesting stuff. eh? she's a spicy one, right? She is like um, can invoke emotion, definitely, very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, let's see what she's got to say here. The community that faced the most restrictions on their freedoms in the last year were those who made a choice not to be vaccinated. I don't think I've ever experienced a situation in my lifetime where a person was fired from their job or not allowed to watch their kids play hockey or not allowed to go visit a loved one in long-term care or hospital 
We're not allowed to go get on a plane to either go across the country to see family or even travel across the border. So they have been the most discriminated against group that I've ever witnessed in my lifetime. That's a pretty extreme level of discrimination. That That's a hectic statement. That was like, that's bold of her. Yeah. She's, it's pretty bold though. It's a, it's and somewhat of her defense. It's a very subjective statement because it could be true for her. It could be the most discrimination she's ever seen. Absolutely. And time. I think that's important to not take it out of context mm -hmm. is she in, in her lifetime. Mm -hmm. So that whatever that means, yeah. however you want to determine what her lifetime may look like. Mm -hmm. But she got wrecked for that one. Oh, I imagine. Of course she did. Dude. I bet Albertans liked it though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, core of Albertans definitely liked it. Um, I mean, yeah, of course, the the the, the East was tearing her up. Um, but that's the thing is, like, that was her mistake was making it about like the most ever discriminated. Like, that ended up changing the conversation around. Yeah. About like who struggled the most in life, um, and that's what everyone went after about it. If she just kind of stopped, was like, hey, I just find they were super discriminated against, and just left at that. Yeah. It's a very fair statement. Yeah. You know, and she wouldn't find She actually came up with a statement today to, like, apologize in some way mm. for it. And said, uh, yesterday I made comments regarding the discrimination unvaccinated individuals have suffered through over during the past two years. My intention was to underline the mistreatment of individuals who chose not to be vaccinated and were punished by not being able to work, travel, or in some cases see loved ones. I want to be clear that I did not intend to trivialize in, in any way the discrimination faced by minority communities and other persecuted groups both here in Canada and around the world or to create any false equivalencies to the terrible historical discrimination and persecution suffered by so many minority groups over the last decades and centuries. Dog, she don't believe that. Like 100% she just had to put that out because I did not even remotely think she was meaning it any other way than the way she said it. Mm -hmm. um, but with the internet, it's like everything is also for interpretation and if it invokes emotion of people, they have the right to comment on it too. But she just wanted to make this go away. She still believes what she said mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the question is do you feel like they're discriminated against? Well, I think when you look at, I guess, what discrimination is, you know, I guess it would be the unfair treatment of one group over another for something they that is different about them, you know, I guess. So in this case, it's vaccinated or unvaccinated. I would say not being able to travel freely or to be able to go into a hospital without my vaccination status or to go into hockey arenas or work without knowing medical history is odd. And discrimination. It, at least that's how it presents itself to me. Mm -hmm. That's fair. What are you saying, Philip? I mean, it obviously showed. Like, Careful. <laughs> you can say no comment. You, you're allowed to do that. I joke. mean, like treating other differently because of a reason. Just treating someone differently than that you would like yourself or another person just separating people mm. in that sense is discrimination right and the core concept but i mean at this point we're kind of you know now like we're moving out of it yeah which i think it's i feel like we're moving out of it but then as i was just in ontario i was driving through a small town and they were just have, still having a protest against vaccines for some reason that is weird we and move like, on yeah. yeah, I mean, like, it was small town, I think, like, Shelburne, Ontario. 
and they were having a protest about vaccines and there was America and like an American flag getting flagged around and I was very confused. I'm like, I thought we could already be on this point. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. I guess one thing I will clarify is I guess maybe it's not technically discrimination. You, they didn't. Well, maybe it is because they they made a choice to not get vaccinated. So I guess my issue is with the policies that create unfair treatment for the. So I guess it's discrimination. Yeah, I guess I, I think it is. Yeah, a lot. And I think it's most. I think it's more divisive than it is discriminatory. I think that's why those policies exist. It's not to discriminate; it's to divide. Mm. I think the core is to divide. Discrimination: the unjust or pre prejudicial treatment of different categories of people or things, especially on the grounds of race, age, or sex. So the reason why I bring this up is a lot of the conversation on the other side of this d debate, they decided they didn't want the vaccines on their own. They knew what they were getting themselves into, the scent discrimination. Right. Like, they chose to not take a vaccine they didn't feel was right for them. Yeah. You bought into the lie. I should say that. You bought into... You, you just bought into it. Yeah, yeah. I should... Yeah, I'll re reframe. You bought into the idea that if you didn't get vaccinated, you were killing your fellow person. Fair. That was said a lot throughout the time to motivate you to go get it. Yeah. Some people have said, I don't believe that, and I don't want it for myself. Yeah. And they left it at that. Yeah. In turn, those people were told they can't go out to eat. They can't go to games. They can't enjoy a restaurant with their fellow friends. Um, they couldn't go into hospitals. Truth. Um, or they were actually denied specific surgical um, pro um, procedures, procedures um, because they didn't have the vaccine. That's life and death stuff now we're messing with. Truth. And like one thing for me that I always think back on is it's like, I've, I wonder what catching COVID may do to me where it's like if I caught COVID, I wonder you know, like, is there something that will remain in me that in 30 years may present itself? So I'm like, maybe there is a reason to fight against COVID. But then I think, what if there's something in the vaccine that in 30 years presents itself? Right. Screw it if you do, screw it if you don't type yeah. situation. But the issue is, is it's like, we're not divided medically. We have become divided ethically, morally, and in every other way than what a disease is, which is medically. And I think that's exactly what the intended response was. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the thing that really kind of kicked this whole thing off, or at least was the cap that really was enough, people had enough and led to the convoy was when Trudeau did that that French uh, interview. Mm. He's like, people who aren't vaccinated are traditionally misogynistic, racist, and are these people we should tolerate? And I'm like, you... Just said that? Just said, should we tolerate these people? Like, that's... It's like, they're Canadians. Yeah. You don't get to tolerate me. You have to. <laughs> like, I was just, like, stuck on that one, right? And that's when I think set everybody off, and that's what ended up ultimately ended up leading to the convoy, right? People's had enough of just being pushed around like that. Yeah. And the reason why we're getting into this, because we all have seen this as kind of like, we've been we've been by this already, guys. Um, let's go to the this uh this tweet here from John McAfee. Anyone recognize John McAfee, the name? Because you should. Yeah. <laughs> tell me tell me who it is, Dalton. Well, that if I'm not mistaken, is that 
not like McAfee, the software guy. Yeah. Yeah. Who was like famously tweeted saying like, if I suicide myself, no, I didn't. Yeah. And then he magically died in a Spain prison. Yeah. <laughs> and anyways, this one I thought was weird. Go up. Can you go up? So February 5th of 2020, he tweets this out, right? Coronavirus facts. Less than 2% of all cases result in death, approximately equivalent to seasonal flu. Relax, people. Don't buy into the charade. Something far more important is happening in the background. Then he says, do not, under any circumstances, take the vaccine. That was February 5th of 2020. That was before it was even... A thing. At least in the West. Yeah, like a, in terms of like it being affecting our everyday lives. Yeah. It was like a month. That was almost exactly a month before. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird, man. Um, so I was like, you know, take, take that how you He was someone will. who knew too much yeah. about everything. He knew a lot. He knew way too much. And so I don't know, like people keep bringing up this tweet and stuff of like, what is this? Because people are freaking out about this Newsweek article. Yeah. Um, sir. Yeah. We, the Pfizer, sorry. And my bad. That was what we wanted. Um, a Pfizer executive straight up said, we actually didn't test it. See if it would prevent transmission because we had to move really quickly. Yeah. It only affects viral load in yourself yeah not what you can pass on yeah right but yeah exactly so everyone's like this came out and people are freaking out yeah and this is why the right lit up twitter of like everyone's like oh my gosh like we told you we told you this that the other and now we're we're probably not gonna watch it now but we just kind of got the gist of it um so it was just like i get it everyone's kind of losing it at this point we they did what they were. We said they were going to do. You know, it's kind of how the right's feeling in terms of feeling justified by it. Yeah. Um, the reason I think people are feeling a little triggered is because the government said the opposite. That's the that's the problem they're having. It's it like was to stop the spread. Yeah. You you get it so we can stop the spread. Um, you can't you can't like there's multiple times there's people on record. Our government, the, um, Biden's administration said, you cannot pass this if you get the vaccine. Multiple times. But they knew from the get-go that they couldn't. That that wasn't possible. And the issue is, if they did say the truth, most people wouldn't have gotten the vaccine. Because they would probably say, well, what's the point? Yeah. If I get it, I stay home anyway. Yeah. So it's like, who would I get sick anyway if I stay home when I'm sick? Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah. (laughs) If people just straight up told me, Hey, you get the vaccine. It's not going to guarantee you're not going to get it, but it just will guarantee at least it will be like this. The weakened effects. Exactly. Which is nice. That would make a lot more sense to me. However, I'd, you know, knowing what my immune system does and how it reacts, I think I would have taken the chances personally. Right. Which I believe in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, like, why is that a deal at all i don't understand yeah like i was a young person fairly strong i was like yeah I'll, I'll be okay i think we should save our vaccines for people who actually need them do have weakened immune systems mm-hmm. Th- they needed the vaccine did the younger people need it i guess time will continue to tell what happens younger people have access at an incredible level to i would say social media and media in general they were like who was the loudest on the internet about vaccines really and who was the loudest in condemning those who didn't? And mm. from at least what I can remember and what I still see, they were usually quite young. Mm. When you look at, I mean, the grand scheme of life, they were pretty young. Right. 
which is interesting. Yeah. Wild times. Why the typically healthier were the loudest Mm -hmm. about it. I think it's fear. Fear plays into it. Well, the government, I think, did a great job by saying, you won't have access to this. You won't be able to do this. A rod can't will stop you from doing this. You can't go here. You can't. Your job might fire you. Who wouldn't do it? I mean, I get it. Who wouldn't do it if there was fear? Say, for example, and then we're record inflation at the same time where you have to have a vaccine to potentially keep your job. What do you do? Yeah. You got to pay the bills, dog. And people are in tough spots. Tricky, tricky situation. Yeah. For some, not for me. Yeah. I, I feel for the people when all this kind of gets cleared out and the people that really got screwed over lost their jobs over it. And they start taking stuff to their former class, employers. Class action lawsuits, baby. Yeah, it's over, man. I feel I feel for those companies. Mm-hmm. There's got to be lawyers in the background just waiting. Yeah. Like, oh, just waiting <laughs> to get wait. a piece of that pie. Can't wait, boys. Yeah. Yeah. So. And to top it all off, the Emergency Act investigation is on its way. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, 65 witnesses set to testify and add inquiry into use of emergencies act. Yikes. And they're testifying on behalf of the prosecution, right? Yeah. Yikes. So we'll see what happens here. Uh, we're just kind of obviously just touch on this briefly, but yeah, I'm happy that they're doing an investigation about it. Cause I think it was, it wasn't appropriately used. It shouldn't have been used. It was mismanagement on Trudeau's part. He could have easily de-escalated the whole thing by just talking to the organizers. Didn't. He condemned them, bashed them, made brutalized fun, them. You know, flew across the country, kept calling them names, running away like a little punk. He literally was avoiding them. Yeah. Claimed he had COVID when he didn't. Sorry, sorry, we don't actually know that, but chances are he didn't. But now we'll find out. Greasy. All could have been avoided with the conversation. Greasy. I, I'm here for you guys. Just just be a person, man. It could all have been avoided, but no. Here we are. Yikes. It is what it is. Awesome. Well, thank you all for joining us one more time. Whatever it is you're doing, whether you be walking along the water. <laughs> the water? Dog. Um, dealing with nukes. <laughs> I was going to say grabbing your rifle already could have worked. <laughs> oh, whatever it is you're doing. Wherever you are. We love you. We're out. Peace. <laughs>